And that caused me then for my brain to go here. A couple of fat and sassy eagles up north now. They've got their whole little nest all lined in fur. (laughs) They got the pelts all up. Yeah, they tricked it out. A nice little seating area. It's a nice coat you got there, Barb. Like she's got a little coat on. Little eaglets are all tucked in there in that nice fur area. (laughs) A big fur bed. Sleeping under the nice little pelt. Old Daddy Eagle's got himself a little hat. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eight twelve on Wisconsin's Morning News. Great to have you with us on this Monday morning. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. Eric Bilstead, Vince Petrano here taking you to 9 o'clock. You and I both asking the question, what are we going to do about sports this week with these heat indices north of 100 degrees your son and mine both run cross country they yeah, my guy first runs meet. you run thursday yeah my guy runs saturday should be cooling off by saturday their first meet uh, for greendale and a bunch of other schools is thursday already not to mention practice that they have in the week but practice yeah, you can control yeah. football you're wearing Other all those sports. pads and helmets and all that other stuff let me see. What are the other spring sports? You got girls tennis, girls soccer, golf, right? girls you got boys soccer. soccer. Girls are in the spring. Oh, you're right. So any of these sports, like boy, when you talk about and look, you and I are about the same generation, same age. Like nobody ever talked to us about whether we were canceling stuff for any reason. Nothing got canceled. You just went out there, drink some water, bet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> have a Gatorade, right? But now, you know, we're a little bit more sensitive to things like that. If you mix in some of the air quality concerns that we've had with the wildfire smoke and all that, when you're talking a heat index of 105 to 110, air temperature of 98 degrees, if they say we're running, I say to my son, go run. You know, do your best. Take care of yourself. It's 3.1 miles, son, plus your warm-up. You're going to be all right. But I think it's definitely a concern. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that through the week as we look at how we'll be taking care of our athletes and everybody else who has to be outdoors, particularly Wednesday and Thursday. Other sports topic I wanted to bring up today, I'd love some input from you on this on the Old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. We'd love to see where people come down on this. We had, for the second time in less than a year, a National Football League game was ended early due to an on-field injury from a player. This, of course, most recently in Green Bay, if you're watching the Packers preseason game Saturday evening, and a player, a rookie cornerback for the Patriots, Isaiah Bolden, was badly hurt. Sounds like now, I'll bring you up to speed, concussion, and he's going to be okay. But at the moment, he was not moving. Motionless. Nor did he move at any point once they got him on the stretcher, once they wheeled him on the stretcher, out of Lambeau Field and into an ambulance into a hospital, he had not moved. And so it was scary. It's one of those things. You see bad injuries and things like that very often when you have a player taken off, even on a stretcher. If he's feeling like he's got some some movement, he'll kind of give the thumbs up you know, to the crowd. Like, uh, okay, you see movement here. Or maybe it's movement that... Uh, Team personnel can report mm-hmm, to the media mm-hmm. that are covering the game. Now he was... Extremities. Yep, he had feeling in all his extremities. This is a precaution. We just yeah. want to make sure. And then you kind of the game goes on. Well, instead, in Green Bay, what you had with a sizable chunk of the fourth quarter still to play in this preseason game, referee comes out there and just says, all right, after talking with both of the head coaches, that'll be all, folks. Game's over. Good night. Now, you were there. You were working... Did you notice any frustration or 
It's interesting. People man. wanting to stay, not have the game end. My wife and I work concessions. We do this as a fundraiser for our band and our cheer yeah. teams at Greendale. And so we're running a small kiosk up there on one of the concourses. And so no one came around from the team or from Delaware North that runs the concessions and said game's over. It just was widely apparent. We could hear the broadcast from inside. Mm-hmm. And could hear mm-hmm. the referee's microphone and kind of looking up at a couple of the monitors that we could see in the concourse. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> game's over. Start cleaning up. And it was kind of odd. I mean, it definitely got quiet in the stadium for a number of minutes as things were going on and on, and, and there was no movement, and there was the medical personnel there. So we, we were aware of what was going on. And then when the game was over, people just started to filter out, and they kind of looked, I don't want to say stunned, that's overdoing it, but they, people were sort of like, Gee, what, what just happened? What did I just see? I think people were legit concerned about the, the health and welfare of this player. Nobody seemed overly bent out of shape over the game having been called off at that point. So that game had been called off had it been a regular season game. And that's what I want to get into with folks today. Again, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. What is, what did Tauscher call it? We just talked with Tausch about this uh, just before 8 o'clock. Called it, what is the line of demarcation here for when you go from bad injury, we'll let you know, everybody rally and get back out there and finish this ball game, to we can't go on. We can't keep playing here. What is that line where we make that decision? I think the fact that it was a preseason game, and even judging by the reaction of fans, it was already almost 10 o'clock Sure, yeah, it didn't matter. It was hot. Beer sales are already cut off at the end of the third quarter. So I, the sense that I got from talking with fans as they were leaving was kind of like, all right, well, gained to Lambeau Field today, had our brats, saw some football. We're good. Let's go. Both teams, they've been at each other all week, right? All these fights that yep, have broken yep. out in practice. A couple of head coaches, like, you good? You good? Let's just, let's call it a night. Everybody's tired. Let's go home. So I think there was really little controversy about it, particularly in a preseason. But we have to project out to week one, Bears-Packers. You have another injury where someone is badly hurt. What is, as Tausch called it, that line of demarcation where we say, we're done here. Because, I mean, that was never even thought of. The idea of, like, shutting down a game early was never even a thought or a hint in anyone's brain until last year with the whole Bills situation. DeMar Hamlin yes. for the Bills, badly hurt uh, and had to be revived on the field. And so for me, I'll answer my question, is for me, it's if if the player's life is seriously in question, I don't see how you continue that game. I think that was the right decision uh, in the Buffalo situation and would be the right decision moving forward. If you have a guy who needs an AED to restart his heart on the field totally get it, yep. and you don't know if he's going to survive when they wheel him out, all right, we'll figure it out later. It's only football. But I guess maybe for me the line is if you question, you know, again, whether or not someone's going to survive, that's the line. If it's anything short of that, I think you got to play football. Right. Because if you look at the ramifications of how this can affect the entire league, you can't just be calling off games, not finishing games. What does it mean for the rest of the season moving forward? What does it mean for how it sets up with all the other teams? You raised an interesting point for folks who are engaged in the lucrative field of sports oh, futures yes. investing. There is gambling afoot all the time now. I don't even remember what happened with the money that was bet on the Bills game. Like. Uh, I think that was how pushed, was that make right? goods or it's a game, push or yeah. like it, it's like it didn't happen, but there's a lot at play here. So for me, the line is, I think having now witnessed this, you know, if there's a question as to whether or not this person injured is going to survive, that's an easy one. Anything short of that, I think you got to play football preseason game, notwithstanding situation like this. Both teams were done. We had a lot of football. We're good here. I have no problem with it. But for me, that would be the line. 
Anything short of that, I think you got to rally and play football. What if you have thoughts on that? 855-616-1620, Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Back with some of your thoughts on it next on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Great to have you with us on this Monday morning, asking your thoughts on the Packers and Patriots calling off the remainder of their preseason game following what looked like it could be a catastrophic injury to one of the players on the Patriots team. He was wheeled off the field Saturday night, was not moving. We have since learned that uh, he does have feeling in all his extremities. In fact, he is out. He's out of the hospital, right? So things are good. Sounds like a concussion. Looks like a total recovery or full recovery, if you will, is in the works for him. Nonetheless, didn't know that at the time. And we're asking the question of what is, as Mark Tauscher called it, the line of demarcation for when an injury is bad enough to quit playing ball. From Jeff on the old National Bank talk and text line, if I saw Vince selling food at a ball game, I definitely would buy a cheeseburger from him. Oh, well. <laughs> so, because you were at the game. So Much appreciated. Nice. We do work in concession stand. We were uh, brats and hot dogs at my stand. No burgers. From the 414, this is preseason. The games are meaningless, but they cost the same as a regular season game as far as tickets go. Somehow they should either charge less or play out the game. Well, I kind of feel that. I think I, I seriously think one of the reasons that people didn't appear really bent out of shape, as I mentioned that night, is this was in the fourth quarter, and it was a slow game. It was late. It was, what do we have, like 10 minutes left in the game? Mm, at least. And it was 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. So people already got three hours of football experience, plus all the ramp up. It was a night game, so folks were there when, I, when we arrived early. Right. Well, okay, so here's that, that poses the next question, and John texted this in. Okay, what if this happened in, like the, second, in the first half or like the second quarter? Right. Tougher call then. It was also easy for the Packers and Patriots for Coach LaFleur and Belichick to meet and just say, you good here? Yeah, Have you seen made, everything you need to see? It made perfect sense. Everything made sense. It was late. It was the fourth quarter. But has this moved the goalpost, no pun intended, given what we saw last year at the Buffalo situation? Nick texting in, one of the things I like about football is toughness, rain or shine, cold or snow, one of my favorite memories, playing in a hailstorm. <laughs> I agree with canceling the game in Buffalo, but anything less than that, regular season, keep playing. That's from uh, Nick on the old National Bank talk and text line. I tend to agree with that and not to be callous. But again, that what is that line? If there's a serious question as to whether or not the person who was injured is going to survive, I totally understand shutting it down. Short of that, I think you got to play ball. And this preseason game notwithstanding, because the circumstances were perfect for them to say, all right, we're good here. Uh, I had no problem with that decision, but... Moving forward in the regular season, I think the league needs to look at it, maybe even standardize some protocol as as for how they're going to deal with it. Because also what you don't want is the players on the sidelines being uncertain. And you don't want guys chirping and saying things, and some guys think we should play and some guys shouldn't. You don't want to mess there. So if, the, if this would have happened on week one, and God forbid player motionless, and it's third quarter, I mean, they still play, right? I think they do. I think they do, and I think that's right in that situation. 8.28 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Oh, yeah. 8.37 Wisconsin's Morning News on a Monday morning. I don't know why I'm obsessed with the mink story. So, Mostly because it yields itself to some really good jokes. <laughs> thousands of mink were That's why. released. Uh, animal rights group um, 
Opened up a hole in the fence and allowed all these uh, mink to leave a mink farm in Trumpelo County last week. So, Which is not funny on a, no, a number right. of different ways. For multiple ways. reasons, One, you have a right. business that's impacted regardless of where you stand yep, yep. on fur or not fur. So there's that. If you're uh, an animal lover and supporter and you think you shouldn't have these things, well, just releasing the mink into the wild... Those who haven't been recaptured are probably dead. Right. 90% of the minks, uh, according to the sheriff's office, 90% have been returned and recovered, I should say. Recovered. So I assume that means they're they're back, but they use the term recovered. Okay. Uh, they basically, otherwise the rest of them, this is not a, a good look. Apparently, the rest of them likely are gone, have, have, have perished, because there's really nothing for them to eat. And they don't have the burrows that they can find security from predator attacks because birds of prey and others will come flying down there and taking part of that. See, so. I hadn't thought about that, and I, I thought there might be you know bears or something that eat them. I don't know. Uh, what, what do bears eat? Do they eat little varmints and stuff? Uh, I guess I'm not worried about bears as much as I'm worried about foxes. I'm worried about coyotes and then predator birds like eagles. And owls hawks. eat all kinds of stuff, right? Owls eat like rabbits. Yeah, and stuff. Oh yeah, owls for sure. They try some mink, wouldn't they? Oh, absolutely, they would. But the outside of that, you'd mentioned eagles. What? Do, you said eagles eat anything. Uh, eagles can be kind of scavengery. Okay, but I mean, we've seen yeah, they'll go after fish. Something's go, crawling around yeah. on there, just whoosh, scoop it up. Take care of that if it's right there for them. And that caused me then for my brain to go here. Couple of fat and sassy eagles up north now. They've got their whole little nest all lined in fur. <laughs> they got the pelts all up. Yeah, they tricked it out. A nice little seating area. It's a nice coat you got there, Barb. Like she's got a little coat on. Little eaglets are all tucked in there in that nice fur area. A big fur bed. Sleeping under the nice little pelt. Old Daddy Eagle's got himself a little hat. <laughs> Head or hey. like a wig? Oh, you like like toupee like for the bald eagle? <laughs> yes. You look different. Well, I feel different, <laughs> Jerry. What is it about you? Got this nice little, <laughs> got the mink oh, comb over now. Comb going over to the side. Bald no more. Right, just looking smooth. Real confident now. Some confident re- eagle. Really confident eagles up there. Yeah, ever now. since Jerry got his piece. Yeah. All he does now is oh, talk. Yak, yak, yak. <laughs> well, maybe you get one. Couple more left out there. Who knows? <laughs> 8.39 in Wisconsin's Morning News. Going to have some hot pants. Storm Team forecast has temperatures in the upper 90s Wednesday and Thursday. 98 degrees your high on Wednesday with a heat index of 105 to 110. And the same deal for you on Thursday. Today, just mostly sunny and a high of 78 degrees. Meltier cheese? <laughs> you definitely will have meltier cheese. When we talk about that, that rogue weather report, remember that folks out on their Apple... That's right. It was about a week ago where you saw on your... So what day was that for this Wednesday? It was going to be for Wednesday. High temperature of 109 degrees was showing up on your weather app for a while. Well, it's certainly going to feel like 109. I guess, right? So the app was right all along. It's not right, right. Air temperature is still predicted at 98. I have to pull back some of that whole tape from Niz. It's not going to be 109. Last week, Niz told us. I'm going to have to go dig that up. It's not going to be 109. It's going to feel like 109, which is different. In defense of Niz. <laughs> Barely, but yeah, I guess so. Guess what's the difference to any of us? <laughs> yeah, right? Hot is hot. I want to share some new information that we have on that gas station shooting. We spent a couple of couple of segments on it late last week, talking about this situation where it appears in Milwaukee a security guard 
according now to investigative authorities, shot and killed a man for stealing a box of Little Debbie snack cakes. Isaiah Allen is his name, 29 years old, was shot outside the gas station, Tetonian Roosevelt, on the north side last week. Now, his mother, Natalie Easter, told TMJ4 News at the time the shooter, an armed security guard at the gas station, killed her son over the stolen items. My son went in the store and, and took um, a snack cake and then uh, left the store. And then the security guard shot him. I don't condone nothing he did. Uh, stealing does not, is, is, it's not an okay thing. But I don't believe nothing in this store is worth nobody's life. So an update to this story now, there are charges in the case. As far as we know, police have not arrested the alleged shooter. He is now charged, however. He is named. He's charged with first-degree intentional homicide. He's 55 years old. His name is William Pinkin of Milwaukee. We read to you from the criminal complaint. This is based on police reviewing surveillance videos. Obviously, they talked with witnesses. Quote, the videos show a person who appears to be working store security is seated in a chair in an aisle at the rear of the store. Isaiah Allen enters the store and grabs a box of Little Debbie snack cakes from a shelf just outside, uh, just inside the door. And they use, uh, let me clarify, in the criminal complaint, they simply use the victim's initials, I-L-A. Again, we've identified him through family as Isaiah Allen, so I'll put his name in instead of the initials as I read on. Isaiah Allen then immediately turns and heads back out the door with the box. So he walked in, grabs a bunch of cakes, Walks right out. Security person rises from his chair as soon as Isaiah Allen enters the store and moves toward him, producing a handgun. He rushes towards and follows Isaiah Allen out the door, gets within little more than an arm's length behind him, holds up the gun, and shoots toward the back of Isaiah Allen's head. Isaiah Allen immediately falls and never moves again. That from the criminal complaint in this situation from the north side of Milwaukee. So authorities are now sharing the same narrative that family had been sharing last week, that a security guard for the gas station is the one who killed a man, shot him in the back of the head as the man was going away over a box of stolen snack cakes. Talking a lot about this just the last couple of weeks, right? How how can we stop the retail theft epidemic that's that's upon us? And this was one of the suggestions. Well, more more armed guards. Well, in this case, charges are now being filed. That business likely to be shut down forever because of what this guard did. And we talked about that retail theft problem. It is very real. I'm as law and order as sure. the oh, next sure. guy. The reason I've kept bringing it up is because I want to see it stopped. We are close to approaching and likely projected to, by 2025, to well sale past $100 billion in retail theft that is endured by U.S. retailers a year. Yeah, I deeply believe that that's a cost that's passed on to all of us. I don't think there are big companies out there that are saying, well, I guess you know the CEO is going to sell his lake house because we're not doing as well. <laughs> no, just going to charge you more. So that cost is borne by all of us. You also have this larger breakdown of societal order. You can't have people just walking into stores and walking out with stuff with impunity. So we raised the question, yes, and took a lot of texts on it from people, you know, what do you, what do, you do about this? A lot of folks suggested we need to lock more stuff up. Folks suggested you need more people checking, make it a little bit more difficult to just walk out. Right, There's somebody right. at the door Check that's checking receipts, receipts or something. things like that. Yeah. But in a situation like this where you have someone who is intent on ignoring whatever protocols you have in place, they've already ignored the checkout. They're probably going to ignore the person checking receipts, and they're just going to keep on walking out. 
what are the rules of engagement that we would have if your solution is we need more security you know, at these situations? Mm-hmm. We need more security preventing people to do that. Clearly, the line is drawn by the law. So if there's any question about it, the law basically says, and again, you'll have to wait for this to play out in court. We'll see what a jury says. But at least the authorities have said, you can't gun someone down. You can't shoot them in the back of the head if your life is not in danger. That doesn't, that's not a justified use of deadly force. It certainly wouldn't be for a police officer, much less an armed security person at this gas mm-hmm. station. That's why this 55-year-old man, William Pinkin of Milwaukee, now faces a charge of first-degree intentional homicide. It'll be a very interesting case to see how it plays out. And this isn't a situation where you have people are, are struggling, right? It's one thing if somebody goes across the, the counter at the gas station and is fighting with the right, clerk. Right, yes, totally different situation. Where the clerk can find some way to say, I didn't know what he was going to do. Right. I didn't know what this person was capable of, so I defended myself with everything I had. Can get behind that store clerk. Or if clerk. they're armed in some way. Almost okay. every yep. time, right. But this isn't that situation. Guy walked in, he walked out with a box of, box of snack cakes, and according to authorities, now not just the family, this guy walked out and shot him in the back of the head. And district attorney's office has now charged him for, with first-degree intentional homicides. There'll be a lot of eyes on that case. And also, you know, the fact that the guy's still out there. As far as we know, police have not announced any arrests in this case, so they are still looking for him. Again, that suspect's named 55-year-old William Pinkin of Milwaukee, now charged with first-degree intentional homicide. 10 minutes before 9 o'clock, Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ 5-Day Forecast is sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. No issues today. High 78 degrees under mostly sunny skies. Partly cloudy, a little bit on the muggy side with a chance of storms. Tonight, a low down to 68. Then we start the warm-up. Here's what we got. Tuesday, a chance of storms early to the north, then partly cloudy, warm, and humid. High of 90 degrees. At least Tuesday, you'll be cooler near the lake. High of 83 lakeside. Then Wednesday, we heat up to a high of 98 degrees with a heat index of 105 to 110. Ooh. Thursday, partly cloudy, very hot and humid. High 98, heat index 105 the to app 110. Right. <laughs> Did you see that on your weather app last week? Right about this time, they were predicting out for what is this week, Wednesday, a high temperature of 109. And everyone's like, oh, that's oh, a glitch. No, I did not see that. I did not see that at all. And it all. went away in a hurry. It was only yeah, up for they, an hour or two. They right? fixed the glitch, but here it's going to feel kind like of, right. A hawk-eyed newsman <laughs> like Eric Bilstad, though. You can't slip that yeah. past him. 109. I hope No, we'll, thank you. No, no, but we do have our eyes on that heat, whatever the official term is, a heat watch advisory. Yeah. Whatever the specifics, I like to get it correct. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we need an advisory on that. I just read you the numbers. You could stay, you've been advised. Do <laughs> you need the National Weather Service to say, oh, there's an advisory? But I will yeah, tell I you, think... I checked the app this morning and uh, before I turned the radio on, and I was shocked to see that Wednesday and Thursday was going to be 100 degrees. Like, I feel like I'm kind of in the know, but that even that surprised me. Right? Like, okay, you. what do I need to do? I need to put well, some of those little ice packs in the freezer, what have them ready have to put on the back on of my tomorrow? neck, you know. We'll have to get nail him down because Niz usually he doesn't like the whole ninety eight ninety nine. Usually ticks it up to hundred. Like, hey, if we're, that if we're going ninety eight ninety nine, I'm going to put a hundred on there and see what happens. I like also <laughs> that, that Niz is shoots straight. Yeah. He doesn't want to cause panic or alarm. No, he's like, good about that. But these are those times where if you haven't turned the air conditioner on in a little while, try that puppy like now 
So you're not finding out on Wednesday, oh no, Dang. oh no. It's funny too, I was with a friend of ours last night, we had dinner and he was talking about his mom and does not have central air in the house, is still in the same house that they were in and kids. And we're like, does she have any? He goes, yeah, we, we bought her. She has an air conditioning unit, never turns it on. Is it a window unit just yeah. in one room? But still never turns it on. <laughs> and he's trying, he's now reaching out to his mom. Please. Like, Come stay at my house. Like he, he's. Single, lives by himself. Like, come stay at my house. Should we be cool? Like, Mom, turn it on. It is important. Right. This is one of those where the, all the reminders of check your neighbors, too, when yeah. it just gets so sweltering. I haven't seen how low it's going to get at night. That's always the miserable part. Right. I feel like most of us either have jobs where there's air conditioning or can find that air conditioning during the day. But then at night, Whoa, that's... when you're flipping over the pillow and right. you're just laying in your own moisture, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder about that for the debates. The debate is Wednesday <gasps> night. Why couldn't, oh, why couldn't it be 80 and like not humid? Yeah. Everyone's going to be out in that Swampy. Heat. Wilting. That's so funny. We've been looking. Sweating through their little We've protest t-shirt or their Trump shirt or whatever it is that they're doing for demonstrating. That's so funny. We've been preparing for Wednesday and talking about it for yeah. weeks. And I only, you just put those yeah. that connection it's together. Pretty nice marching and, and sign-holding weather. Oh. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. All those stand-ups, all those TV stand-ups outside. Oh, right, where you want to look nice? Hey, I'm going to be... <laughs> oh, good luck, dude. Oh. You got to bring your own Beyonce fan. Now, do you know if you're outside? Because you're going to do some little bit of TV work later this week. Do you know if you're inside we or We are inside. For sure? Yes, for sure. Way to negotiate. <laughs> right. I was going to say, you better <laughs> you check on people. the details there. I should. Actually, that bears asking. I believe we are inside Pfizer Forum. Mm. We'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about what Yeah, say so uh, what will you be doing? Ooh, okay. Uh, I get... Oh, I'll, it's, it's no big deal. Fox News has the debate, and Brett Byer is one of the moder- moderators for the debate. And Brett's show, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. our time on Tuesday, is going to be a debate preview show. And they've asked for a number of locals to be on a panel where we talk about Wisconsin and expectations of the debate. So I will fill that role for us here. Interesting opportunity. Wait Barring the unforeseen, you can always get bumped from stuff like that, too. Like, oh, Brett found somebody right? else. Right. Yep. Oh, Governor Thompson's going to join Brett or something like that. Yeah, so right. totally fine. Whatever. Nice opportunity if it happens. But Interesting. I got a lot of hot takes for him. You've been the Sandy. eye of the storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a lot of hot takes. Hey, you know, eagles and minks. Huh? Hey, let me tell you something about that. <laughs> you have Carol Kane joining you today. Yes. Hey, yes. Uh, get well wishes to Steve Scafidi, who has caught some sort of a cold that has somehow zapped his voice and given him a good cough. Oh. So um, so he is not polluting our airwaves uh, inside the studio uh, happily. So uh, get well soon, Steve. But yeah, Carol Kane, who you have enjoyed on Mondays, is filling in with me. And uh, we will have our eye ahead on some of the news stories. And of course, you know, stories as only Carol can tell them. Sandy Max, Carol Kane on WTMJ. Now that's next.